Like if you surround yourself with positive people that have the same goals as you, you're more likely to be able to learn how to achieve your goals. Hello guys, welcome to Learn With Us with 303. We're your host, myself, Juan Pablo. We got Connor, Amanda, and Dalita ready to begin today's conversation. Hey, what's going on? Hopefully finish up this book. It's been a fascinating ride. Yeah, I think we're going to start with chapter eight, getting started. I like this. He had a nice little list for us. The next two chapters are pretty much just like to-do lists, which are the best kind. His was, you need to find an unrealistic reason. Do you have your own unrealistic reason? I know I have a couple for me personally, but... Well, mine is that I want to travel all over the world. He doesn't say unrealistic. He says, like, a strong enough reason. Like, a really strong reason. That's what he means. Like, something that's... Maybe he kind of means, like, dig deep down. Like, what is your biggest reason for wanting it? Because after that, it says power of spirit. So, it's like, it, the... the, the, the the um, paragraph starts, many want to be rich or financially free, but they turn away because the road seems too difficult to get there. Like a future Olympic swimmer who sacrifices time and social engagements in order to put in hours at the pool and studying hard, people need a strong, clear goal or reason in order to push through the obstacles. <coughs> So I guess you're right. It's not necessarily an unrealistic goal. It's an un, it's a drive. I think you're maybe it's something that you would kind of be embarrassed to tell others because you feel like it's just so unattainable, maybe. Or yeah, like if you could, if everything went perfectly, what would it be? And then aim for that, maybe. Maybe that's what he means. He's basically saying, what's your why? The paradise. Yeah, like a strong why. Yeah, he's just asking what your why is. At least, I think that's what it is. Yeah, not a what. He says, not. you don't need a what, you need a why. No, I th- yeah, that, I guess that helps me, the way I was picturing it. It definitely changes it now. He also was talking about that we need to start making daily choices. That every, even the littlest things are going to add up. Just like the investing, but also just like things you choose to do yourself. Like reading for an extra half an hour or doing a class. I like this one because it it, it kind of has to do with the, the small things. It doesn't, it, it doesn't have to do with, oh, I'm going to become a doctor. <clears throat> it has to do with, I'm going to wake up 30 minutes earlier or I'm going to eat less of this or it, like it's about the tiny things that we're very much in control of i'm not gonna buy a coffee every single day i'll cut it down to getting one on the weekends or something well it makes me think of the first book i listened to that actually made me ever change the way i was living was the compound effect where you just do one percent changes that add up to a hundred percent changes within a year because You'll just keep adding, but when you're adding so little, you don't even notice it. You just walk 10 more steps, 10 more steps, and then before you know it, you're walking three miles. Maybe it'll be one of the next ones we do. 
I loved it. He was telling us that we need to pick, or not pick, but choose our friends, not in the way like th that particular person, but I believe he was going over the group of who you hang out with is going to be who you become. I was thinking maybe provide an example for the other one, like something very concise and something that it's very challenging at the same time. Well, I thought Alita did good with the coffee. I didn't oh, know yeah, if there was another. True. No, that's I was going to, but then I was like, no, that's perfect, saying that. Like, we did at McDonald's. Amanda was, I'm not going to eat McDonald's three times a week now, and then it was two, and then it was zero. Like, she, it's not even something, when I first met her, it was every day. If she could, she would. Not to call you out on it. <laughs> but it's a habit that you have successfully conquered. Yeah. Now I go there if I want to, not because I have to. <laughs> <laughs> I just need that Coke. <laughs> Instead of listening to music in the car, listen to podcasts. Oh. I've, I've done that. I changed that over like two weeks ago, maybe. Oh, yeah. You have been listening to YouTube videos now yeah. in the car. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's cool. So, yeah, little... Anyone have another good little? I've done my coffee. For sure. I used to go to Starbucks a lot, but now, honestly, I don't even, it, there's like usually such a big gap in between that I couldn't tell you the last time I've gone. I mean, I think the last time we went was a couple weeks ago for Starbucks. I mean, I know we ended up grabbing coffee somewhere else, but it was cheaper coffee. It wasn't Starbucks expensive <laughs> coffee. Okay, but that's not the same as you used to go twice a day. More like I used to spend fifty dollars a week at Starbucks a long time oh, ago. Oh, jeez. Yeah. And now you don't even know the last time you went. So that's awesome. Yeah. So that's a big thing. Uh, one other thing I did have written down for point two. I know it says when you learn something new, you have to make mistakes in order to understand it. I think number three would help answer that. Or, or maybe comment on that observation, Amanda. Because if you have a good circle of counselors, then you wouldn't have to make the mistakes. They'd be able to call you out on it. You're, you're saying the, your friends around you? Yeah. All right. I mean, you might still not understand. It, it's possible that a person might still not get the, or understand the spirit of the lesson and just follow along because of, but I think that's the point of the good circle of friends so that you don't have to learn the hard way. I don't think that was my thought though. I think I just wrote that down because he said it in the book and I liked it. And I think it makes sense. What, to learn from your mistakes? Is that what you were trying to say? No, Did doesn't he say specifically what I said to what I said? He says, when you learn something new, you have to make mistakes in order to be able to fully understand Maybe it. I don't remember. Yep. I mean, that still makes sense. I was just saying that I liked that. Yeah, because it makes sense to me. No, well, you, <clears throat> you have to fail because then you'll know how not to. Well, it's all, no, it's all part of the type of people you hang out with is who you're going to become. If you're hanging out with people who are into the Apple industry, you're going to have ins and outs in that Apple industry. 
But if you hang out with people who do construction all day, they're going to know nothing other than, oh, yeah, today I poured some good gravel. Like, uh, there's, I'm not, like, picking on them, but the guy who's in the Apple company working stocks every day is going to have way more insider, he called it, insider info, which I thought was illegal, but he suggested that you did that. I understand what you're saying, Although I think you made your point a little strange, but it's fine. I don't know. A construction worker could build you a house. And an Apple expert could not. So I feel like both of them have valuable information. I think it's saying if you have a circle of people that do nothing but complain and lay around and just work a job and keep that job and complain about the job then you're going to be the same way versus if you're people that think outside of the box how can I do this or that and make my life better and how can I be successful and how do I do all this stuff then you're going to be more like that person like if you surround yourself with positive people that have the same goals as you you're more likely to be able to learn how to achieve your goals Versus if you just, you know, hang around bums, then you'll be a bum. Basically. <laughs> so this one, this one came, this was, was good, this one was good advice too, because I realized a realtor or a real estate agent who is also into investment properties would have a better understanding, understanding of what I would want as a as an investor in real estate instead of for example because well actually you know what let's go for it so we had a real estate agent who had a different mentality she was more of a passive person who was looking for maybe I don't know just someone forever to homes out. yeah or we could tell that there was some kind of mentality that she had, with, which was not wrong. It just kind of didn't click with what we wanted. And then we found another real estate agent who thought like we did, and and the difference was like night and day. It was it was literally like night and day. And it's basically what he said that if you surround yourself with people who think the same as you, then it's like you basically feed on each other's energy and you go way faster than you would with somebody who thought differently. No, that actually makes a lot of sense. That's kind of where I was coming from, although I still don't think you need to surround yourself with only those people, but that like that's why when you choose your friends carefully, like you're investing in yourself as well. So if you had a good real estate friend and you had a good stock friend and you had that like that sort of a circle. Well, to go back to construction then, there's the guy who just shows up every day to get done with work and then goes home and does whatever. Or there's the guy who, when he gets done, he's going home and he's learning how to start his own business. That's the kind of guy I want to right. make my friend, you're saying, not... Yes, exactly. No, I get there, It's all valuable information. Everywhere. I think that there's a piece of wisdom for this kind of like associate yourself with like-minded people it's it goes kind of 
if you're going to if you're going to have to utilize your time which is your most valuable asset in another person or in a relationship with another person make sure that they're in the same frequency that you are I mean that's exactly I never even thought about this till right now but it's the whole entire reason we want to start the 303 company is because we want to just share the knowledge we're learning or with people who want to learn with us to help us in ways we couldn't even begin to have friends or whatever you want to call them listeners who help us in ways we couldn't even imagine yeah i i finally found my spot in my book and then i lost the page but there is a whole nice section about that uh the power of association and how and why robert chooses his friends and the way that he chooses them the next uh main thing i got from the part four was we need to master start mastering formulas but use them in practice but then don't also like swear by them and never change your ways like try it see what works see what doesn't work then move on to the next formula yeah i agree with that there's always improvements there's no one way to do anything. This is why it's hard for me not to be reading all the time. Because it's just such an easy way to get new knowledge. He's challenging us to be constantly learning, and learning takes effort. No, my favorite quote from this whole book now is, knowledge is power. <laughs> That's true. I mean, you... You can move a mountain if you know how and you have the money to do it. Like, that's... Knowledge is true power. I, I know it's kind of off topic, but I have a story I always heard where the Christopher Columbus, when he came over to America, he would use astronomy to his... Astro wow, what is that? <laughs> Astrology <laughs> to his... Get, or to his power and he told the Indians you have three days to do what I want or I'll make the soon go dark during the day but it was just an eclipse and he used and they didn't do what he wanted he darkened the sun and they all just started giving everything he wanted it's like if so he had the knowledge of where the sun was going to be or eclipsed and he terrified them with it pretending he was a god you had it right it is astronomy that's a pretty neat story, though. Well, it just has to deal with saying that knowledge is true power. That if you know more than everyone else in the room, you can almost use things that they don't understand to overwhelm them. I feel like he may have abused that. But I get what you're saying. I think that's like, like clear. Until you make it? Like, what? <laughs> Bro. Maybe, maybe it's not true. Is any of it? <laughs> what is truth anyway? Sir? Robert was telling us that we need to start paying ourselves first next. And that's something we have talked about, I feel like, in the last couple chapters. But we're all trying to work on and have worked on. This is from my favorite book of all times. Well, one of my favorite books of all times. The Richest Men in Babylon. It's, the, it's at the core of... It's the most important, if anything, it might be a rule. The most important rule in wealth, uh, anything, accumulation of anything. 
is to use less than you get. Like don't spend above your means. You mean? Yeah, don't go beyond your means. He literally says 10% in that book, if, if I'm not mistaken. The Richest Man in Babylon? I don't want to misquote it. Yeah, yeah. 10%. He I said think it. Is it was yeah, 10%. It's really cool that he said that this book because as soon as he said it, I was thinking, I was like, oh, The Richest Man in Babylon says that too. But I don't know if it's this book or a different book. I can't remember where it says, you know, nowadays you might want to try to save more than 10%, but 10% is a good start. Yeah, that might have been retired before mom and dad. Oh, yeah, yeah, I think it was. As well as paying yourself first, he's saying you need to pay your broker well, which he was, I didn't take it just as your broker, but in general, you get what you pay for it. I mean, it's that simple. If you're like, oh, I saved $500 by getting this cheap tax auditor, well, this guy over here could have saved you $50,000 by making your house a farm if you just added one more chicken, like... There's sure. little rules like that that people don't know. Yeah, I guess well, that's a, that's an expert in what you're trying to do. Don't cut corners. Something pragmatical would be maybe you're better off going to the buffet of accountants instead of H&R. Because you'll limit yourself to only one person's opinion. Yeah, and, and at the buffet you're going to have a lot of experts, so... That should. I don't know if that's the best advice, but some something like that, because that we're all gonna need accountants. Yeah, but just like if all four of us had one, you're like, yeah, well, mine only cost me fifty bucks, and that, at the end of the day, we're all over here like, oh yeah, good job, you saved what? Because we're all over here saving thousands at the end of the year. You've just saved fifty bucks today. I'm gonna be our accountant. <laughs> well, that would save me lots of money. <laughs> Nice. Um, it said, be an Indian giver, I wrote down. And then I have the blanket story, and I don't remember what that is. Oh, it's when they landed blankets to the pilgrims, and the pilgrims thought that they were gifts. So the Indians wanted the blankets back, and the pilgrims were refusing because they thought they were gifts. So they were they both got upset at each other because they didn't understand that the Indians were just loan loan uh, lending them like like yo bro winter's coming give me that uh, back <laughs> so he's saying if you're going to go into a deal make sure that you get something for free like something back right away oh no no make sure that you're going to get your investment back that's what he was saying yeah oh you had that written down your your, what was it? You get it on the sale, or you, your profits on the oh. buy, not on the sale. Or like Pro- uh, profits are made in buying, not selling. You need to make your deal right. It already needs to be a done deal, not something you're hoping is going to work out. Because I kind of had that idea of like, oh well, if we buy this and we flip it, but I've kind of leaned more to we need something that's ready to go right now and can make us money and come today like i don't want to wait five years it basically says because that's five years wasted it, says it is key to that you're getting your initial investment back and quickly you don't want to be tied up in something too long and then it says um, some don't like the risk and prefer to keep their money in a savings account but there it's not making anything and they also don't get anything for it 
or they don't get anything for free with it. There must be an upside to every investment that you do. That makes sense. Yeah, basically don't invest if you're not getting something out of it. It wouldn't make, I mean, that wouldn't make any sense anyways. I guess right now I'm just kind of thinking about, is it like stocks isn't the only thing I have to refer to investing? Are they talking, should we be doing more investing into getting dividends because that's more of an instant payoff instead of right now and more just waiting for it to go up whereas dividends are paid i mean the one we found was monthly i don't know about them all i guess more quarterly i think his direct advice would be to invest in education and then we would get the answer to that maybe i don't i don't know what what come would come after but he does say he he mentions or he says specifically that um start start with learning especially accounting, I think. But start with learning, becoming financially literate. That would be the first, the very first investment. Does he say specifically, start investing yourself before you invest in real estate even, maybe? I want to say, and maybe that is the next one, the chapter summary where he does like the 10 list of how to get your the 10 goals to get your life in order when to get started oh broke my thumb right on the mic <laughs> i just have questions written down about the list about the different topics we went over this last chapter but we need to start buying assets for luxuries which we were kind of just talking about how use, use assets to buy luxuries yeah but I feel like we're all talking about how we need to buy a house before you buy your car, just like his wife. Oh, yeah. That was a couple chapters ago. Mm -hmm. Well, not just a house, but probably more like a a duplex. Just a regular house. Just a regular house. Wouldn't really be considered an asset. I mean, unless you were airbnb it and it was bringing in money, that would be a different setup. It was a house for him, though, because that's something he personally loves and knows about. It could be any asset. shouldn't be so general, I guess, to make it only houses. Because if your stock that you've been studying for the last three weeks are paying you off enough dividends a month, then you no, can do I it. Meant you can live, get your luxuries. Like a single-family home wouldn't be an asset. No, oh, yeah, unless you're, like you're saying, you could Airbnb yeah. it or do something with the land. There is ways to even make a single house, your house, could be potentially profitable. I knew in New York there was a storage problem because all the boats have to be stored. So people were taking their barns and emptying them out and then just letting people wrap their boats and store them in mm-hmm. there all winter. It's easy, free money. You don't have to do anything. That's a good idea. Just literally let someone park your boat. And then people were actually just building a shed. (laughs) They were just building bigger sheds too. Just just for that purpose. So when it becomes winter, they're just going to store boats. Now that piece of property they had now is more profitable than ever. And all it does is have boats parked. Yeah. It says to choose heroes. real examples oh that's actually 
something I was going to ask you, because I've been really, ever since he said this, I've been trying to think of someone to be a motivator of, like, what was my goal? And I can't find, like, the perfect person. So I don't know if you had someone in mind who, the level of wealth or the way they make their wealth. Or... There one particular person or others word? that you look up to or you follow or you like take classes from or like that sort of thing. Arkad, man. Arkad from the richest man in Babylon. He was a, he started as a, basically he was a secretary. And then he learned to save and then he learned to invest and then he learned to multiply. And then he became the richest man in Babylon. I know he's fictitious, but. I think it could be fictitious and it, because yeah. it's a, it's for you. It's your motivator. But that's my problem. I don't, I don't want to be anyone, you know. I want to make my own way up. So maybe I need to find someone who else has made their own path. And it talks about if you help others, teach others, then you'll receive. Kind of like giving is receiving. I feel like it's sort of that kind of role that he's talking about. And then he says only play with money that you can afford to lose. Oh, I'm sorry. Before we do that, it for you the teach you shall not, and then you shall receive. Do you think that's to help? Because when you're speaking about it, it will help you yourself find errors in what you're saying, or or things you don't know. So then you can work on that particular part. Is that why he's saying you need to teach? Probably, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think I understood what he asked. What did you say, Connor? I guess just to put it simply, are you, he wants you to teach. Is that to help you yourself learn from what you're teaching? I mean, no. Yes. Well, or is there like something, some other reason he's, he's saying, saying to do it? That he's straight up. Yeah, he straight up says that. He says, the more you teach, the more you learn. Yeah. I see it now. Yeah. I thought it was saying that if you know how to do something. Be willing to help other people because in return, someone along the way is going to help you. I, don't, I, I guess that's how I took it. I I think both of you are correct. Well, that's how I took it at first, but then when we were just having this talk, I was like, wait, I think he's meaning that it's more of a so you can learn while you're teaching. But you know, it's a mixture of someone else will hopefully come in and do the same yeah, it's like he's going. Or be inspired off what you've done. Like, he's going at a macro level by saying, "Look, if you do things that you want, then the universe, God, or whatever, is going to send that back to you." And then he puts it specifically into teaching, and at a more micro level. So that's why probably it's it's, it's confusing. Because at first I, th I thought too, is he talking about the mystic or he's or he's talking about the like physical? So I was confused too. I, 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 uh, I, I, I wasn't confused about at least what Robert was trying to get across just because my notes literally says teach about money, receive money. Connor is smart. Ha ha ha. Because you're trying to learn about money right now and you are trying to teach about learning about money with this podcast so there, you're literally doing what he's already what he said yeah i guess and it's forcing us to learn more 
so that we have more eat. content. Yeah. Yeah. So no, I guess that's literally snowball. I think we brought that up last week, but I feel like you got excited. All right, guys, we're gonna end it here. How about you come back next week? We're gonna finish up with chapter nine. A couple questions on the end of the book. Our thoughts and opinions. See you then. Bye.